Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 480 for the 24th of Adar in a regular year. Today, we're going to take a very famous saying, you are what you eat, and we're going to flip it on its head. Adar style. Nafahu. So instead of saying you are what you eat, we're going to uh, change the frames around and say you eat what you are. So what do we mean by this? What do we mean you eat what you are? So you are what you eat is a very simple way of understanding. Like what does that really mean on a simple level is, well, out in the world, people talk about the idea that if you eat healthy food, that will make you healthy. There's even this idea that even according to Judaism, there's this idea that one of the reasons why, one of the explanations for the eating of kosher animals, not the only reason why, but one of the reasons is that the animals that we're generally allowed to eat that are kosher tend to be a little bit more subdued, more domestic. They're not wild in the way some of the other animals are. And that is, and the, and the thinking behind that is that eating wild animals can create a wild person. So that is all in line with this idea of you are what you eat. As, on a simple level, also, there's the idea that we only eat kosher food because by eating kosher food, we prevent impurity from coming into our bodies and that kind of thing. But today, we're really going to focus on the flip side of that and on how, assuming that we're all eating kosher food, hopefully we are all eating kosher food. So we're going to be talking about how we can retroactively elevate the food that we ate and the nourishment that we got from that food and namely how that food really transforms inside of our body into the vitality of our body, which is really illustrated through the blood that flows through our body and how through the actions that we take post facto after eating and consuming this food can actually retroactively elevate this vitality and elevate this life force within our body. And so to explain this a little bit before we get into the text is a way that we can basically understand this is going back to this whole discussion we've been having about the klipos and about the animal soul and about the body and all of these things that are really necessary in order for us to engage with physical reality. So in order for us to elevate the klipos, the klipos noga in this world, we need the animal soul, we need the physical body because those are the things that really engage with these things. And when we engage the physical body and the and the animal soul in utilizing physicality, specifically those permissible aspects of physicality, which are encompassed in klipos noga, when we use these things for the purpose of God, all three of these aspects become elevated and part of God himself and godliness. So 
Let's get straight into the text and see how the ultrabook explains it. And maybe we can sum it up at the end. So this is, again, a continuation uh, from last time. So make sure to catch up in the last couple of episodes where we began, uh, where we were, we've been learning chapter 37. So the ultrabook says here that in addition to what we've learned so far about this idea that the power and the energy of the animal soul that is contained within the letters of Torah or the letters of prayer and that kind of thing, or any other mitzvah that we do, that th that this vitality of the animal soul gets elevated, as we discussed last time, then not only this, but we have to re recognize the facts that the whole energy of the animal soul and all of its growth comes from the blood. And where does the blood come from? The blood comes from Klipas Noga. It comes actually from Klipas Noga. And what does that mean that it comes from Klipas Noga? From the blood comes from Klipas Noga. It comes, where do where do we get blood from? What why does our blood flow through our body? It comes, it's filled with different kinds of nourishment that come through the different foods and drinks that we ate and we drank. And this food and drink, obviously there's a lot of biology involved here that I'm not going to get into, but the food and drink, the food that we eat and the drink that we drink become ultimately the blood that flows through our bodies. And this blood that flows through our body is under the dominion of this klipas noga that we've been talking about, under the dominion of these husks, these translucent husks. And this is where it receives its vitality from. And so now when a person uses their physical body they're animating their animating force inside of them to do holy things like to perform god's will then this transforms this klipa which is the source of this blood from evil to good and it becomes absorbed in holiness through how does it become absorbed in holiness through the power of the animal soul that comes out of it which becomes vested within these different letters for example like if a person's learning torah or for person's praying or things like that or uh if not the letters it could be like let's say if they're just involved in the action of doing a mitzvah because again we described how these mitzvahs these different things these commandments that come from god are really the innermost aspect of god of the will of god without any concealment at all and thus not only do these klipas become transformed into good but so too do their vitality become absorbed in holiness in the, in the light of the infinite God, which is the will of God. And through this life force, then not only that, but also the power of the animal soul also gets elevated. And through this, so too do all of the, like the entirety of the Klipas Noga, like, which really ultimately is the entirety of all of the vitality of this physical world, this material physical world. So this is a really intense thing. So what we're basically saying here is that when we perform a mitzvah, it's no simple matter. Like we've already talked about how when we perform a mitzvah, this elevates our animal soul. And what we've learned today is that not only does just the vitality of the animal soul get elevated when a person performs these mitzvahs, but it actually gets a lot more physical than that. Because when we talk about the animal soul, it's like this life force that goes through the body, but it's still kind of like this kind of spiritual, not super tangible kind of thing. But the way by which the animal soul manifests itself within the body is through the blood, which is very much physical and it's very, very corporeal. And so this blood originates in Klipas Noga. And so when a person performs a mitzvah, what they're doing is they are taking this 
origin of their blood, their this physical life force that flows through their body, namely the klipas noga, and they're elevating that as well, as well as the life force that's behind all of that. So, and and through doing that, it actually creates not just like this, this individual effect, but it actually affects the grander, like the collective klipas of the world. So really this, what this really translates into is the collective life force of the entire world. So again, it's a really profound message. And to sum up where we're up to so far, anytime you do a mitzvah, whether it is just as simple as learning Torah, praying, or doing a physical, more physical kind of mitzvah, putting on tefillin, giving staka, any of these kind of things, what you're actually doing is through using your body in this way, you are elevating the the entirety, not only within yourself, of your own vital force within yourself, both on a spiritual and on a physical level, but the vitality of the entire world is getting elevated through your actions because everything is interconnected in this way. So it's pretty profound effect. And so this is how, to bring it back to what we talked about in the beginning, this is how you can actually elevate the food that you eat. So when you eat that food, assuming that it's kosher food, then that food turns into your blood and that blood is the life that flows through your body, which that blood originates in klipas noga. And so when you use your body and your energy to perform God's mitzvahs, this vitality that you got through the food, which became manifest through your blood, gets elevated and absorbed in godliness. And now the altar bit continues and he says that when every soul and every godly soul that is in all of Israel, so just a little pause here, I, I just wanted to bring something up that I, I saw in a footnote that I thought was worth mentioning, is up until now, especially in the past couple of episodes, we've been talking a lot about the animal soul and about how it really is the animal soul that is involved in doing mitzvahs because the animal soul is that thing which is the connector between spirituality and physicality. However, here the ultra Rebbe brings up the godly soul as well. And <clears throat> the way that the Rebbe understood this, and again, I read this in a footnote, is that there are some mitzvahs that are more godly soul like centric, so to speak, or kind of like do come from the godly soul. And those are the mitzvahs that involve thought. And also, as much as we've been kind of like really focusing on the animal soul and it is a very true thing and it is a very important thing that the animal soul is necessary and is very important in the fulfillment of the mitzvahs the ultimate driving force behind it all is really the godly soul so we don't want to totally forget about the godly soul entirety entirely so going back to the text so the altar Rebbe says that when every soul and every godly soul that is in all of israel that is divided up into six hundred thousand various parts. So when each one of these particular souls will keep all of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah. And so now here the altar gets into further detail with this. What, what are the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah? So we know they're divided up into two parts. There's the 365 transgressions, the lotase. So when we perform the 365 prohibitions or rather when we don't do them. So meaning to say what happens when we observe the these prohibitions is that we are refraining our, our blood vessels of the animal soul, which are found in the body. We're holding them back. We're restraining them from doing these transgressions. So it's more about not doing in this case. And when we hold them back, when we hold these blood, our blood vessels back from doing these prohibitions, 
This causes so that they will not receive their suckling and receive their vitality through these transgressions from one of the three impure clipos, which we talked about, which is where they come from. So these these prohibitions, we talked about this previously, of the prohibitions that come from the Torah as well as their offshoots, which are the rabbinical prohibitions, they all stem from the three impure clipos that cannot be elevated at all. So when we refrain from doing these prohibitions, we basically cut off that life force that these that our blood vessels could have otherwise been suckling from to receive vitality from these three impure clipos. And so to understand what this means is that basically the animal soul would not be able to be elevated to God if it would become impurified from these three impure clipos because they cannot ever be elevated, like we talked about. Like, it's not like the Klippos Noga, which can be elevated and can be transformed. The three impure Klippos cannot be transformed, cannot be elevated. But and the only way that they can be, how do we elevate these three Klippos? Is through total nullification and total destruction of them. So they, they really need to be destroyed, these Klippos. And then the Ultra Bit cites a verse here that alludes to this complete destruction of the Klippos that will ultimately happen. This is from Zechariah. Chapter 13, verse 2, which says, which literally means, and I shall banish the unclean spirit from the earth. So this is what's going to happen eventually in the end of days, is that this spirit of impurity, these three impure klipos, will ultimately be banished, will be gone. And then the altar now focuses on the 248 positive commandments. And he says that when we perform these 248 positive commandments this draws down the light the infinite light down here to be able to ascend to him and to be able to bind and unify within him all of the, the entirety of the animal soul which is found in the 248 limbs of the body with total unity so that they will become completely unified which is exactly what arose in his will that he wanted to have this dwelling place in the lower realms and that our limbs would serve as a chariot for him, just like was the case with our forefathers, as we talked about in previous episodes, this idea of how our forefathers were really considered to be chariots for God. So that's the end of this section. So just to kind of sum it up. So basically what we've been learning is this whole idea of really, really the profound effect that our mitzvahs, performing mitzvahs does, and how when we do these mitzvahs, it's not just like a nice thing that gives us a nice spiritual feeling, but it actually transforms our soul and it actually transforms our body and it actually transforms our godly soul as well as the physical world around us and the vitalizing force in the physical world around us. And what we've really focused on today is how we have this collective responsibility because the true and ultimate purpose of God is not going to be able to be fulfilled until every single one of us, every single Jewish soul performs all of the mitzvahs. So that might sound like a lot, and it is a lot. It is very intense, but it's also very powerful too to really understand the role that we play in this grand scheme of creation. And so that is it for today. And we're going to continue along these lines tomorrow and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak Ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, 
Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.